Hey everyone and welcome back to the Transsection podcast. It seems like season one kind of created itself and so now we're preparing for season two and we had a little natural break in all of our recordings and all of our work so I'm now just planning season two. Jordan sends their regards and is busy working a new job at the moment over in Utah. Hey everyone, Jordan here with a quick little uh, shout out in this episode for you. Uh, I have been really busy trying to find a new job and just trying to get back on my feet. It had it has affected my mental health quite substantially, but thankfully Harris has been awesome and has been keeping this podcast going. Uh, so I will be around, I will be back. Uh, I am working on getting things better, so please make sure you like and subscribe and make sure that you return and we have plenty of episodes for you to go back and re-listen and if you have any ideas for us please let us know it was good to talk to you so we wish them all their success and i hope to uh, rope them back into some episodes in the very near future so it's not the last of them but so this episode i was actually interviewed by a lady called vicky etherington i'll tell you all about her in a moment uh, and I thought it would be good to use our conversation as, as a bonus episode for those who are interested and particularly for those of you who are maybe entrepreneurs or professionals and it might be something useful to take to people that you work with or maybe your HR department and things like that. Um, and remember to follow us on Instagram at Transsection Podcast or we're on Twitter at Transsection P. And we're also on Facebook under the Transsection Podcast. A shout out uh, this week to the Watling Street Writers, um, to Elliot Kay, who is helping me put together a speech at the moment. And he's being so patient because I'm going at a snail's pace, as you can maybe can tell from when I'm speaking. I've got a bit of anxiety at the moment, so I'm, my breathing it feels a bit restricted at the moment. But <laughs> I'm still going and it's still happening. Um, <clears throat> And yeah, thank you so much for everybody, uh, for your support, your feedback and all of your um, engagement and all of our listeners. And uh, yeah, we couldn't do it without you. and We do it for you. We've had we've had so many lovely reviews, lots of people coming to this subject for the first time. And we really want to keep it lighthearted and educational at the same time. So it seems so far that we're managing to do that. So thank you so much. And uh I hope you continue to enjoy what we do. If you know anybody who you think would make a really good guest who's doing work in sort of the social justice a arena or someone who specialises in a certain part of, you know, emotional well-being, we'd, we'd be really interested to hear from them. Uh, by all means, send us an email or a message and make an introduction. And, and yeah, definitely, definitely up for that. We've got some good guests lined up for season two already and I'm really excited to bring lots of new conversations to you from lots of interesting people. Okay so a little bit about Vicky. Vicky is a two-time award-winning website creation coach who's been supporting entrepreneurs in their online marketing and with their website since 2003. She works with coaches, course creators, and people transitioning into entrepreneurship to teach them how to grow their businesses online and create their own client attracting websites through their signature, through her signature, Rock That Website program. 
Her work is about helping people who aren't comfortable with marketing and technology to understand how to, to create a website which is fully focused on growing their impact and their business and how to release themselves from any reliance on anyone else. Uh, Vicky's really good. So this is the, uh, the upcoming episode is Vicky interviewing me. So I don't quite manage to uh, squeeze out much from Vicky because it was sort of me that was in the spotlight for a change. That was kind of weird. Uh, but Vicky, she's she's very modest. She does a lot of really cool stuff and knows her, knows her stuff really well. She also has a group on Facebook called the WordPress Happy Community. Uh, and I really recommend going to join that group. It's free and she, she has lots and lots of information and useful live videos and things like that and engage, engages in that group a lot to help people with their WordPress sites. So I really recommend that you go and speak to her. She always answers my sort of marketing and website kind of questions. And uh, yeah, she's, a, she's kind of a font of all knowledge in a way. She really knows her stuff. And one thing that she doesn't tell people very often is that her journey actually started out when she was working for an organi a Californian organisation, and I want to say she was in Africa somewhere, but it might have actually been in America. I can't, apologies for not remembering the details. And basically, she's working for this organisation. They didn't have any way of getting a website put together. And I think this was very end of the 90s, or very beginning of the noughties. And she basically taught herself code and so she could write a website for her organisation. I think, I don't know if it's a charity or, you know, something along those lines. And, uh, yeah, she, launch, she launched, launched a website from scratch and taught herself coding and everything. And um, all in what, what was described as kind of a little bit like the arse end of nowhere. <laughs> and... Yeah, she's she's amazing. She's so lovely and 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 so modest and, and and encouraging and yeah, I just obviously I like her. I like her. I'm biased. <laughs> so about this episode, this is what Vicky wrote for the blurb about about this um interview. She said, "If we aspire to influence positive social change through thoughtful and respectful content, we need to understand inclusive marketing. It enables us to share our message in a way that connects with people from all backgrounds, regardless of race, ethnicity, religion, gender identity, age, ability, and so much more. Join me today as I interview Harris Eddyhill, that's me, and explore how we can embark on inclusive marketing and do it better. As just before we play the episode, uh, I just want to remind you about the mailing list, but this time, oh, excuse me, but this time uh, I have something good for you. I've been putting together this handbook. It's called the Trans Plus Gender Identity Beginner's Guide. And the idea is that if you don't know really any, anything or much at all about gender identity and the trans plus community and that kind of thing, us a lot basically the idea is that this handbook will explain all of the basics and give it you know it's got some visuals some infographics and a little short glossary and the idea is that you know it's like literally 10 pages long and the idea is that it will be easy content to consume and understand and it's relatively um basic and 
you can take it wherever you go. So you can take it into school or work or any any place if it's for you or just your organisation in general so that you can have some at least rudimentary understanding of what to do. Um, there's a little uh, guide in there like what to do, the five things you need to know when somebody comes out to you about their gender. There's the three key questions that you should ask somebody. And a few other little bits. So the idea is that it, this, is, this is free, it doesn't cost you anything. And therefore, please sign up to the mailing list if you haven't done already, which is at www.mooksharrishill.com forward slash transaction. And there's a green box. You just put your name and your email address in there. That's it. It takes two seconds. And uh, that PDF, it's just going through final edits now and it will be out very, very soon within the next week I should think so make sure you sign up for that so here here is the episode and please enjoy it okay so we are live good morning and I am here with the fabulous Harris, who is a gender identity educator, and she's going to talk to us today about um, about a little bit about um, I, um, inclusive marketing and what it means and why it's important. And so it's really fabulous to have you here, Harris. Thank you so much for for joining us. And um, and actually, I've just seen something from Tiffany who said yesterday, and I'm only just seeing the comment now. I'm interested in understanding what's meant by inclusive marketing. So I can decide whether or not I need to watch it. It sounds interesting. So, and I, I didn't reply to her. So anyway, hopefully she'll come along and, uh, and listen in for herself. So first of all, Harris, tell us where you are, where are you based? And, um, and just a little bit about you. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so hi, Vicky, and thank you for having me on. Uh, I live in Hertfordshire usually, although right now I'm in Bolton near Manchester, which is pretty cool. And yeah, I'm, I'm a gender identity coach. So I basically talk to, I mean, I have an interest in lots of sort of intersectional issues like race and religion and things, but gender identity is my passion um, and my calling really to educate people about it. And uh, I'm non-binary, I use they, them pronouns. And uh, this is something that came up for me in my mid twenties. Um, I'm in my thirties now and it was a big surprise. And I think whilst, you know, being part of the sort of trans plus community is um, sort of difficult and there's lots of language to get around and, and concepts and things. Um, when you're one of us, you don't know, you're not, you don't have that sort of vocabulary installed from birth. <laughs> So like most other adults, I know it's something that even when you're part of the community, you still have to learn about all of this stuff and um, the language and how to talk about it and to make sense of things. So I, I've always been a bit of a bridger, a bridge gaps between different people and different communities and different understandings. And uh, this is, this is my, my big sort of passion. Um, but I'm I'm a proper introvert, so I never thought I would end up doing anything like this. I had this real dream of being this creative that did lots of different things creatively, like write and paint and things. And 
I would do it in a studio on my own and I wouldn't work like directly with people and they would just sort of pay to like buy my <laughs> art and my writing and that would be it and then um, so I started running my genders together community page on Facebook which has just about 24,000 followers on there and I started doing that just a little over six years ago that's amazing uh, yeah <laughs> surprising it's all organic like I've never paid for I didn't think it would be that big for me it was just that I was going through this learning and learning lots about gender and I posted a few things on my personal Facebook page and uh, annoyed all of my friends <laughs> and so I, I wanted a place like an outlet to discuss the topics and learn more um, without annoying everyone so I created this page <laughs> together uh, to explore all of that and 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 meet like-minded people but I did it anonymously there was no picture of me there was no um, reference to my name or anything at the beginning and so I, I, can I pick you up on that I'm yeah, interested sure. as to why you did it anonymously was that because you weren't sure how it was going to be received were you worried about any kind of uh, people picking up on it people that you knew or was it just because you you genuinely wanted it to just be faceless I mean I think I partly wanted it to be a community so it wasn't specifically about me and also I think there's a little bit of fear of being seen but I think more than anything it was just that I wanted to talk about this topic privately and I didn't want people to know excuse me just hang up um I didn't want people to know and I yeah I think I was not sure how people were gonna take it who knew me and it, it was a secret I think only my best friend and maybe one or two other people knew that I had this page and uh, I kind of I was at a, a networking uh, group and the lady who the director of that area asked me to give a talk and my business that a lot of people know me from before was as a hair and makeup designer. So she said, why don't you do your talk? It's like, it's meant to be business orientated. She said, why don't you do your business talk on like hair and makeup in business? And I was like, Pfft. I think everyone will be asleep after the first minute. I don't, I don't know. Like if, if you're a, a hair and makeup enthusiast, then fine. But I think the average person doesn't want to listen to that for 20 minutes. So she said, well, what else do you know? And I said, well, I've done talks on like energy vampires and empaths and like lots on like emotional well-being and habit forming and, and sort of more coaching topics. And I said as a joke, I also run this page on Facebook on gender identity. And she went, yes, yes, that's exactly what you should do. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, and I drove home from that lunch in the car and I really, I mean, it, I don't, maybe some people are also into sort of spiritual things but I really had this sense of calling and like this is this is what you're here to do and I was like oh god really is it all right then and I just I didn't want to be that person I think there's definitely a bit of shame for a lot of people uh, in my community like you want it to be a non-issue you don't want people you don't want to be like the, the goldfish in the goldfish bowl with people like looking in at you and I was like oh I'm gonna have to be visible and it really has taken me a long time to kind of come to terms of that and as a result of that I basically outed myself as being this sort of 
page owner on Facebook with this big following and this is what we talked about so <laughs> I think that's brilliant but you see I wonder because um in fact if I, I just pop it up here Joanna was saying she she gets that fear of being seen as an introvert so Joanna does a lot of work with introverts so do you think that that fear of being seen was actually associated with your gender identity or do you think it was actually just genuinely because you're an introvert Probably more introvert, but definitely the gender identity thing. You know, I've grown up in a very traditional household watching Disney. Uh, my sister and I often say like, bloody Disney, because the number of things that happen in our lives, that it's just not, it's not that simple and it's, or it's not very romantic or, yeah. um, and Disney, you know, obviously we've grown up in the time that we have and there was nothing about sort of being queer or being trans plus or anything like that. Um, so there is, yeah, there's definitely a little bit of fear there as well. And, uh, in me coming out about my gender, I was so happy and surprised that so many people had said, like, I have no idea what this is about, but I'm a hundred percent behind you. But unfortunately for most, you know, for most people in my position, you're always going to find some who are not so kind about it. And they're really having a big reaction of their own. So there is always that little bit of fear and I'm so lucky that I know so many very liberal and sort of heart-centered people uh, and well, actually that, like but that's probably a little bit about how you are attracting those kind of people into your life do you not think I hope so <laughs> yeah I hope so yeah I'm I'm non-judgment is a really big thing for me and and like in a in a deep way not just don't say anything but how I think and and how I respond to people and uh, I mean you learn that as a coach or as any kind of um, mental health practitioner hopefully that you know somebody's ecology like how they live their life and how they see things and what bless you and what's important <laughs> to you <laughs> and uh, what, you know what's important to an individual and, and how they live their best life could be wildly different from your own and it's just more important to nurture people than to put your own idea of how they should be yeah. on there. Yeah, absolutely. And so that kind of brings us on to how we can actually think about that in our marketing, because what you're probably doing right now for a lot of us is opening up a kind of opening up a window to a world that we're not familiar with. And it's not necessarily that we want to shut the door on that world. We're, we're open to it. And I think most of us in my community are pretty liberal minded. Um, and um, but it's just that we don't have access to it necessarily. And and so in terms of when we're thinking about it in our marketing and we're thinking about, you know, if we're wanting to be a greater force for you know, positive, impactful social change, I think that we genuinely need to start to understand about social marketing, what it means for us. Uh, sorry, inclusive marketing. And, um, and so I don't know, can you maybe talk to us a little bit about that and how we can maybe just a thought process that we can go through in order to make sure that we are being inclusive in our marketing? Yeah, sure. So I meet a lot of really lovely people who say to me, I don't care what somebody is or like, you know, who, who they've come out as or whatever. Like, I just want people to be happy. And I think that's such a good place to start. Uh, 
unfortunately in our current climate it's not as simple to just say that especially when we're talking about marketing because so i'll give you an example i go to my barbers every three weeks and it was a really big fear of mine to go into that barbers but i have like traditional men's haircuts and i uh, am very happy with that and it gives me a big sense of gender euphoria and i'm like yes this is this is right this feels brilliant um but it took me a lot of uh guts to go in there and i got talking to my barber and i went to him for like over three years i think and i said to him listen i've got this uh, trans mate this trans guy he's he's going through his transition and everything he really wants to come into this um barbers because i he'd seen my haircuts and, and it looked really good um but he's really scared like do you like are you guys supportive in this shop and they were like yeah of course why why wouldn't we be and i said oh well a lot of place you know i think you have you do unfortunately have to make it explicit who you're welcoming because unless there's explicitly an invitation there for whoever might be within your demographic or your ideal client avatar people won't come they won't come because they there's no there's no invitation we don't know that it's safe we don't know that we're going to be accepted so it's of course all well and good and great that someone says you know i support people however they are but it's not usually enough to just say that you have to make it explicit and especially in business as well and what that means is is that you need to take a really good look at your avatar and be really sure about why you're picking gender so for example if you've got so for example lots of uh, non-binary people and trans guys give birth to their own babies right but there are a lot of mothers groups who talk about postpartum issues and and you know being able to like feed your own baby and things like that and a lot of those issues are relevant to the non-binary and trans men uh non-binary people and trans men who do give birth and do go, go through that process too but they're often left out now it's not anybody's intention to to leave them out and um I wouldn't necessarily say it was a crime to make those groups as an example just for women some of the time um but it, it is the case that so often my community are left out of conversations are left out of like coaching groups or marketing uh in general for another example is um always sanitary items products uh, for a long time and still even in the UK right now, although America has changed, they're very marketed towards women. But obviously there are lots of non-binary people and trans men who also use those products. And we're not talking about five people here. We're talking about millions of people worldwide, millions. And I think there is a little bit about building relationships with our with our clients and people who use our services and buy our products but also it's about are you inviting people in are they using your services or products reluctantly because they have no other choice wouldn't they be uh, better like happier clients if they knew that they were intentionally included yeah and supported yeah so I I mean it's really interesting that you bring those up because 
I look at that and I think, and I know that you've said that you don't think it's intentional, that they're being excluded. So there's an ignorance issue there. I think for, I think for us, for corporates and for so many different entities, I think that a lot of that probably boils down to the fact that they genuinely do not see that community. And that's not because they're not wanting to see it. It's just, they don't have exposure to it. And, um, and so I think it's really interesting. So, and so I love the fact that you are bringing this as an educator to people's attention. And I know we've talked specifically about gender, but actually it's not just gender that we're talking about, is it? Yeah. In terms of inclusive marketing, we could be talking about age, we could be talking about race, we could be talking about um, religious inclinations, whatever it might be, actually this inclusivity is, is all encompassing and it's not, I, I know gender is obviously, that's your area that you really focus on and that's where you're educating people. Um, but actually we, this should be opening our eyes to the fact that there are groups of people, there are communities who feel as though they're not seen. Yes, definitely. And I mean, you can look at, if you look at adverts on like daytime TV and things like that, that's improved massively. Now you've got, um, banks who advert in their adverts they use like same-sex couples couples of um, varying ethnicities and things like that and it's all about like how, how does a client how can a client picture themselves as a client of yours potentially if they never see themselves in your marketing so um in photo shoots that i used to take part in for people's businesses and things like that a lot of the extras were white and you know there is the, and, and this is this is a really important thing is that your marketing is only the beginning of a client's journey with you so yeah. your marketing has to be reflected throughout the rest of your client journey so in your marketing you might have pictures of people of different ages different genders um different sort of presentations ethnicities and everything else but those values can't be tokenistic it can't be the invitation at the beginning and then they get they get further down the journey and actually find that it was just a ploy to get them in so starbucks yeah. is a big one starbucks uh, in america particularly made a really big commitment to look after all of their trans employees and to make sure that their trans employees got access to all the health care covered under Starbucks health insurance for employees. Um, which is great and they actually attracted um, a lot of trans people applying for positions in their shops, in their cafes, only to find that actually for many people they were suffering a lot of transphobia at work. And they weren't supported and even a lot of the managers were at best they were a bit ignorant and didn't really have the support or the education to look after their employee their new employees um, and in some cases it was just you know downright discrimination and quite nasty so marketing is absolutely where it starts but I think for it to be really genuine and authentic um, marketing it needs to follow on from there it can't just be on the surface sort of skin deep it really needs to be well-rounded and and really available to your clients throughout that their whole process with you yeah 
And, and I think um, that it's interesting because I think a lot of what you're saying now runs in parallel with this, this surge that we've seen of interest in the Black Lives Matter um, and all of that, those campaigns because people are talking a lot more about inclusivity of different races and ethnicities in their marketing and about that user journey. That, like you say, it can't just be tokenism. It can't just be something that we talk about in our marketing and then not just and then not include it throughout the rest of their customer journey with us. And so, so it might be. And I'm speculating here, but what I'm thinking is that as we open our eyes more to the Black Lives Matter, um, I want to say, kind of movement then maybe this opens the door for other areas where there has traditionally been, um, I, I don't want to say discrimination, but maybe ignorance. And, and so, and it can literally just be this, this opening of a window where we can look in and say, do you know what, we, we, we should be doing this better. We haven't been thinking about it before. It literally, it's hardly even, crossed our radar and now we need to embrace it and we need to we need to work with it and we need to educate ourselves we need to educate our teams and we need to just start paying it attention that it deserves and and learning from people like you who are trying to open our eyes to it and trying to educate us about it and what I really like not only about the community that you've got Harris because you do a lot of stuff with kids and teens as well don't you because mm. Because that's where the real change is going to happen, I think. And I think that not just in gender identity, but I think in race discrimination or other other areas where we've literally we've we've had our eyes closed to it. I think if we can open the eyes of our children to it and we can bring them up in a way that is more inclusive, then it's that's where we're going to have an impact. Yes, I think. From my experience, certainly when I've gone to do workshops about gender identity, specifically in secondary schools, the experience of, of uh, educating kids between the ages of 11 and 18 is so different. You get the 11 year olds who don't seem to be particularly self-conscious or they're not they're not at an age where status has necessarily become a thing like it is with the other end at the 18 year olds. and. Um, one of the questions I love to ask in the workshops is how does society currently define like differences between men and women and you get the 11 year olds or just shout willies or something and I just love that I think that's so funny <laughs> um but then you get to like the older ones and they're all like nudging each other they don't want to ask and they're becoming self-conscious so you're right like um educating kids about how different we can all be and how different they might be to save them years of confusion and being in a closet, which is psychologically quite damaging, um, is really important. And, and getting them young is much easier. They're so, so quick. I mean, uh, I was doing these workshops for like half an hour per class uh, in the past when I've worked with teenagers and um, secondary schools. And that really is most of what they need. They just need to know that it's normal and that people like, us are are around and that they actually could be one of them nobody ever told me like you might be queer you might be trans or something um so when it happened it was such a shock and because although i hadn't grown up in a house where 
somebody had like made fun of it or said anything bad equally we hadn't had any good conversations so I thought well either they don't know about this or this is bad or I can't say it um and like I mentioned before like the the statistics say that it's, it's a large number of people this is not an Elin Haystack even for our generations and older it's a minimum of one percent of the population so if you know if you've got 450 friends on facebook which i think is the average that's four or five people yeah yeah um so at least at least and it could be more i mean my friends list as you can imagine is um very colorful <laughs> um <laughs> However, I think it's really important if we want those like young people to carry that forward, we need to make sure that they're actually supported as well and that they're not constantly sort of fighting when they get home or fighting when they get to work. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, I'm lucky, like my mum particularly is really supportive and she, um, you know, she was born in the 60s and she she's done a lot of growing and learning with me and that's been great but even so like being aside from the fact that I'm an educator like the rest of the time I'm a regular human who doesn't like mornings and you know it's just thinking about regular things and to be the educator in within your social circle as well just for existing is is quite difficult yeah. and I think that we as adults and older generations really need to uh, take a little bit of an interest. You don't need to dedicate your life to it like I have. You don't need to go to marches necessarily or anything like that. But just to be aware and not to put the burden on young people because so often they're the ones that are coming home and teaching this new attitude and these new words, which is fine to a certain extent but I do think that we as adults need to take some responsibility of learning these things and not saying like oh well when when these when the next kids what by the time they're in charge things will be better like I do like a lot of my education and actually the people who need me the most and spend the longest with me are adults and older older adults as well yeah um Joanna is saying, how do we intentionally include non-binary and trans people? I think that goes back to the conversation about the barber. How should that yeah. barber let, let people know that they are welcomed and they are safe in that environment? Okay. Well, you can do so for uh, the barbering situation in particular. Uh, I had this conversation with my barber and he's a senior barber. I think he's a director now. And then he had a word with his team and they're a chain of shops. And after that, they, excuse me, here comes again. After that, they uh, had some conversations about it and they um, have then posted on social media and become a little bit more um, like voiced their support a lot more often. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they're doing haircuts, so it's not, it's, it's uh, a, a different kind of service. Um, for the rest of us, I would say, particularly in the sort of coaching and entrepreneurial world, uh, we should really be thinking about our avatars, who who are we marketing to and why? And, and does it need to be gendered in the first place? I think that's one thing. Or 
are we talking about a particular person who's who's going through a particular thing you know like I gave examples earlier of like childbirth we can talk about childbirth and we don't need to gender it and that way it automatically includes everybody um and also to to make it to make it explicit to say out loud like I I support these people and I will serve you mm -hmm. and I will be aware of how you use might use my services or products differently but for example, if, if you're selling like um, a product about, um, you know, click funnels or something, it really doesn't matter. You don't have to go into the, the um, deep stuff about gendering things and being inclusive. You can just say, uh, this is for everyone, you know, you don't have to even make it more specific. And I think people who are in the habit of making gender specific to what they're doing think, oh, I have to start like. Uh, listing out all of these different genders where actually you, you don't have to at all you can just talk about your subject so like a menopause coach I know I'm giving a lot of biological examples but just to make it more uh, easy yes no it makes it real but like a menopause coach you can say menopause lots of people go through menopause and not just women and a lot some even you know some women don't go through menopause at all they might be on HRT or they might may never have had a cycle to begin with like um, it, it's so individual. So really, if we're talking about menopause, that just automatically includes everybody. Um, and then, did you know what? So I love, I, I, I honestly, I love that you're saying that. And I love that you're using the biological examples. And the reason for that is I'm kind of ashamed to hold up my hand and say, if I was speaking to a menopause coach, it would never have crossed my mind for me to say to them, you know, you need to be inclusive with this because this you're not only just speaking to females and and that's that's my that's my stuff that I have to deal with you know and I have to accept the fact that I've been really blinkered on that mm. but I but I also recognize that I'm probably not the only person who has been blinkered in this and so so the examples that you're giving of things like childbirth menopause breastfeeding all those kind of things they had not it had not crossed my radar that we needed to be speaking to a trans community or a, you know it's just it's something it was it's just my pure ignorance so i love that we're having this conversation and and i'm hoping that there are going to be people who are watching this who can also take something from this and you know even if they don't necessarily act on it actively act on it um i would love for it to be planting a seed for them so that they can recognize that there is an exclusion that had been a blind spot for them. Definitely, thank you for saying that, yeah. And I think it's important to mention that all of us, including me, have has gone through this very sort of um, awkward stage of being an amateur as an adult, and adults don't like being amateurs at anything. Kids, when you're little, <laughs> you're learning, and you're often in environments where it's accepted that you don't know something, that's why you go to school and everybody around you teaches things, but it seems like, I don't know what the magic age is that we're meant to know everything and be like really cool and smooth about things. But adults like, they feel so apologetic for not knowing. And I think that, that when I'm teaching and coaching people, that's actually one of the biggest things that we deal with is this sense of like, I'm ignorant and I don't know how this works. And like, I feel terrible about it. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, Brené Brown says that guilt is good because guilt motivates people to change. Yeah. Um, 
but also like I just think it's people often say to me when they're talking to me and they might mess up with using my neutral pronouns and things like that I did like, again apologize for that. <laughs> but and they've said like I'm, I'm so sorry they're like they're so worried about it and I think that's so sweet but I've said to them so many times like so long as I know that you accept me and that you're trying like that to me is so exciting and I love that like and the thing my real concern is that I'll come across somebody who says something really horrible or like really rejects me or is really unkind and that has happened to me more than once um and for some people depending on what country they live in or what society they live in they that that can be really terrible and actually a lot of people if they're in countries where it's illegal and they you know put people to death then obviously they wouldn't even share that in the first place yeah so not only are we doing all of these things from like a, an ethical and um, a market, a business point of view, um, because also it's important to mention that we are an underserved uh, market. You know, a lot of what we're yeah. using, we're having to use it like reluctantly or like, well, this is this is all I've got. These are my only options. Um, but having that inclusion and it being like, really deep and really authentic and really um, strengthen those relationships that you have with customers and also provide for them like a breath of fresh air like for me to go out to get food like if I'm going to a restaurant or if I'm talking if somebody's talking to me at a supermarket I get misgendered all the time and I accept that that's the society that we live in and that people are going to see me a certain way so I've made my peace with it, but on the occasions that doesn't happen, it makes my day. It absolutely makes my day and people that I work with as well. And I think it's okay to be ignorant so long as you're aware that you're ignorant and that you are making small and gradual steps to learn a little bit more at a time. And it doesn't take that much. Like you don't, like you said, like planting a seed and starting to think about it is probably half of the battle. Yeah. yeah, but just having but just conversations have, like this and being open to having conversations like this. Well, there's some feedback. Can you hear me? Yeah. Um, um, I, think I think even just, just being open to having conversations and just, you know, having people like you in our lives and in our community, it's a big deal for, for us who want to educate ourselves. And I think most people do genuinely want to educate themselves. They just haven't necessarily had someone like you cross our path yet who is willing to take the time to help us and help us get better and and to open our eyes so um joanna's saying definitely a blind spot for me i seem to attract mainly female clients but didn't set out to do that yeah joanna i'm the same i i have about so probably about 95 percent of people in my community are female um and um quite a lot of that is about branding so on my last rock that website i just i only had one guy and he was like i feel a little bit outnumbered here but um but i think you know there's um like i say a lot of that is about branding but a lot of it is going to come down to messaging as well and also you know how we're portraying ourselves and how open we are to having um other genders within within our community so um okay so Harris, is there anything that you wanted to cover off today that we haven't talked about yet? Um, I think we've covered like the 
the important parts. Um, also, um, I think you can get a lot of this information just by listening to people talk about it. So there's, there's a few recommendations that I would make. Um, first of all, there's Disclosure on Netflix, which is an amazing piece, a documentary um, by Laverne Cox. She played uh, the trans character in Orange is the New Black. And her, uh, her, sorry. Will you send that to me? Will you, will you, um, will you remind me? And will you remind me that in that message? Let me write it. Um, so yeah, that's on Netflix, and that talks a lot about um, uh, trans people, the last hundred years of trans people's uh, representation in Hollywood, and it all is not just about films. It's, there's a lot of personal sort of stuff in there, and it's it's. Um, a lot of people sort of willing to share some really deep stuff and it's it's um, just such an amazing piece so educational and heartfelt and just I just think it's stunning um, also there are lots of podcasts out there which are really good and I hope that mine is counted in that number <laughs> it's, yes. it's called the transsection podcast and it's on like every every platform i've tried to like spam the internet with it so um it's lots of fun it's not for children uh, 18 plus only please um we talk about lots of important things not just not just gender stuff but we've talked about like uh i talked to a sufi business healer and um i talked to the inclusive screenwriter on there and we also i i co-host every other episode usually with my uh, trans buddy Jordan and we talk a lot about our experiences growing up and um, our relationships with religion and how that worked out. Jordan's story is like incredible. Jordan grew up uh, in a Mormon um, kind of religious cult. It was next level and wow. uh, so, so some of it's heavy but a lot of it we're, we're very silly. Um, it's, it's There's definitely some ripe humour so if you're into that then go for it. I always think it's <laughs> If you can make learning fun and maybe a bit naughty, then it sticks a bit more. Um, is yeah, that, there, did, you call it, did you sorry? Did you call it? I'm going to put it up on the screen. Is that what it is? Transsection podcast. Transsection podcast. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Perfect. And uh, yeah, there there are there are lots of lots of good things out there. Like I don't, I'm not suggesting that anybody starts dedicating their lives to uh, a cause because. We have to be realistic and live our lives but there are lots of little things out there you can do over time like don't beat yourself up for not knowing but if you do feel that little niggle of like oh i should probably i feel that this is something i should sort of approach and and maybe do something about it will take a long time um <clears throat> but if you've got a good attitude and you're open about um where you are in that learning and and what you have learned and you know, educate people when they're being a bit unkind or, you know, maybe hold people to account. Like these are all little things that we can do yeah. to yeah. show our support and change. It, it happens with all of us. Change has to include lots and lots of people. So, um, yeah, and there are some pretty worrying statistics just to finish off. 48% um, of trans youth attempt suicide. So that's one really big reason that I do what I do is not it's not just to kind of promote a lifestyle or 
um, to make sure people are included as some kind of token. It, it really is important that we look after each other and make sure that everyone has an opportunity to thrive. And to do that, we all need to be a little bit involved. Yes, um, that's an unbelievably horrifying story. It literally gave me goosebumps when you said that. There's nearly one in two children. That's horrendous. Um, so, and also, you know, we hear lots about hate crimes. It's not just mental illness, is it? It's about educating other people. And like you were saying, you know, it's about standing up for what we believe is right as well. And again, to draw a parallel with the Black Lives Matter, we've been hearing lots more about that and about how we should be truly standing up for what we believe when we hear people who are saying things that are not, that they're not okay. So, um, okay, is that, was that the only statistic you wanted to share with us? If you've got I mean, I've got more, but... <laughs> yeah, I think that's the important one. That's the important one that we... And um, one other one is that, um, transphobia affects trans women of colour more than anybody else and their current life expectancy at least in the US I think is 37 years old that is, so, that is horrifying yeah so I mean whilst whilst the general public are not going around committing these hate crimes like you and me or whatever and like people that we know in order for those to change like we th those of us who are kind maybe a little bit unsure maybe a bit ignorant like we can all make a massive difference with these statistics by joining in and listening and learning a lot more and um, making making positive change and making sure that we're all growing in this way yeah um so harris thank you so much for coming in and talking to us about this today i think you've got a resource that we can that we can download have you Yes, it's at www.mooksharrishill.com forward slash PDF. It's a little, um, it's a little PDF. Um, I'm, it'll come out this week. So if you sign up there, then you'll get it this week. It will be sent through. It's short. It's got all the information that you could need. And I'll also do a little video um, explaining and like walking you through it. So and that's all free. So yeah. go and get it spread it around if you want to like send it yeah. to other people if you've got friends in hr or who are teaching or anything like that then mm -hmm. yeah or, or maybe you know some parents i support a lot of parents of trans kids maybe they need a bit of info to start off with and uh yeah it's free and it'll be free forever and uh yeah that's go awesome. for it. thank you thank you so much um that's fabulous let me just check that we haven't got any other uh questions um, Joanna says Harris has been a great guest so thank you Steph says love a bit of ripe humor <laughs> I've seen some of your humor in action Harris so I know that there'll be some good little tidbits in there um, Steph is saying so sad Joanna saying shocking That's, yeah those statistics are really hard hitting um, so thank you this has been such a different kind of episode normally we come in on a Tuesday and we have we're having people talk about lead magnets or link generation or whatever else it is so this it's been you know genuinely it has been a breath of fresh air it's been a real eye-opener for me and um i will make sure that i specifically mention this on my next email that goes out because i think it's so valuable there's so much in here that i think people really genuinely need to hear so thank you so much i really thank appreciate you, your time it's coming been on a today. pleasure it's been a pleasure thank you all right bye for now guys
So there you go, that was me in the spotlight for a change, not grilling somebody else. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I hope it was um, informative and that there were some things in there that have uh, left you with something to ponder. If you have any questions, of course, you can contact us via social media or the website, mooksharrishill.com. And uh, yeah, thanks very much. We've got some good guests, as I mentioned before, coming up. And I just wanted to say thank you so much to all of the guests and also to Jordan. And I guess my, myself, I should be grateful <laughs> to myself. It sounds weird, doesn't it? But um, yeah, for season one, like, I, w I was so happy with it. And so many people have come back and said how much they learned from season one and uh, how much fun it was as well. I know that we talked about some serious stuff, but I hope it was, you know, delivered in a way that was fun to listen to and everything. And that seems to be everyone's feedback. So I'm I'm really chuffed with it. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming on this this journey with us. It sounds corny, but it's true, and I mean it. So, yeah. And just a reminder, um, you can also sign up directly for the PDF that I mentioned before at www.mooksharrishill.com forward slash pdf that's easy to remember isn't it and uh, yeah that will be out very soon just to remind you if you're dealing with any gender related stuff at home work or school please get in touch via the website or social media and me and my team will see if we can help you there's lots of things out there um, free or you know easy we can we can chat about it for sure um, I'm here to support you that's becoming my job like full time and I'm very passionate about it and I want I want everyone to do well and navigate uh, this sort of area of life particularly uh, and do it well and make sure that everyone's having the best possible time that they can have so until then until the next uh, episode which will be episode one of season two which is very exciting until then build bridges and have fun